0: Hey, it's Brock Eastman. I'm the author of the Quest for Truth series, Sage of the Darkness, and the retail partnerships manager at Compassion International, formerly the Odyssey Adventure Club producer, and you're listening to the Wits End Podcast. This is the Wits End Podcast. So awesome, it'll blow your face off. So strap your face on, and let's go. go.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 79 of the Woodsend podcast. I'm Bryn.
2: I'm Matthew. Welcome.
1: Yeah, it's been a while since we've done a podcast. Um, well, I guess you could say it's been a while for you. I did one recently for the newscast.
2: Yeah, you did last week's episode and we're going to be doing one every week for the next couple weeks, until Christmas at least. And you've got special things planned.
1: Yeah, that's the idea. Um, you got any ideas on what we can do for the today? Today's podcast.
2: Yeah. Um, No. You were supposed to do it.
1: Uh, I guess we're in trouble then. Why? I don't have a plan.
2: Well, we could get someone to interview.
1: Uh, like who? Oh, oh, don't you have
2: Brock on your phone there? Uh. Here, here, let me grab it, here. There. Yeah, here's Brock. Let's dial Brock and we'll talk to Brock and see what he has to say.
1: Okay. You can try it. I don't know if he'll answer. Okay,
2: it's ringing now. Yeah. Just wait. Hello? Hi, is this Brock?
0: Hey, yeah, this is Brock. How, how's it going? Who's this?
2: This is Matthew from the Wits End Podcast, and I'm here with Bren.
0: Hey, Brock. Oh, hey, how are you guys?
2: Doing pretty good. Do you mind if we interview you?
0: Interview me? Well...
2: Yeah, because we have nothing to do on the podcast, so we thought we'd interview you.
0: Well, that sounds like... A gr- I'm, yeah, why not?
2: Awesome. awesome. Well, I heard that you've got a special project going on right now.
0: Oh, well, I have lots of projects going on. Which project in particular?
2: Well, I was thinking about that one on Kickstarter.
0: Oh, Kickstarter. Yep. Yep. I got one going there.
2: What's that for? Is that for your book series or?
0: Yeah, actually, I don't know if you if you know much about that series, but uh, back in 2011, I got a little crazy and decided to sign three book contracts at one time. So uh, yeah, I don't know why I did that. Uh, one was for my series, The Quest for Truth, and uh, I'm still writing that series right now, working on book four. I wrote an Imagination Station book. And then I wrote this other book, a trilogy, called Sages of Darkness. Um, but the series itself, you know, the first book came out, um, but the publisher uh, decided not to do fiction anymore. Just the economy was kind of crumbling at that time, and uh, financially it wasn't lucrative. So they canceled the series oh, and no. uh, gave me back the rights, and I've been sitting on it for like four years.
2: Well, that's too bad. But at least you're able to redo, like, uh, re-release it yourself.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm excited. They gave me back the rights, and... Uh, Every time I go to like a book signing or in my email or on my website, I'll get comments. Where is book number two? Where is book number two? And I feel really bad about it because I know kids want it. You know, they've heard the first book and I kind of left mm-hmm. them a cliffhanger. And you know how that is, right? And honestly, they listen to an album and then kind of leave you at a cliffhanger and you got to wait six months or a year for the next volume. So that's never any fun. Like an album 58. Yep, like an album 58. And so uh, now it's time to finish the series. And so I thought Kickstarter.
2: So does that mean you're publishing it yourself then? or?
0: I am. I've got an imprint called Crimson Pulse Media. Um, I, I released another book called Wasted Wood under there. It was like a short story about some kids who go camping and meet a tree troll. And so uh, I did that under there. But this series will go under my own imprint. Um, I've, you know, at Focus for four years, I did product marketing for kids products and parenting. And so, you know, honestly, I like the marketing aspect. and I thought, why not give it a try? You know, if I can fund it, then I can do it.
2: Yeah. I was actually looking on your website earlier and I saw the mention of Pulse. Crimson uh, crimson what Pulse. Yeah. I saw mention of Crimson Pulse and I didn't know what that was and there was no information really on it. So that's your own uh, imprint then.
0: That's my goal. That As I kind of build up a base of books, it'll, you know, it'll take a few years that I'll start actually um hiring other authors and writing other books and kind of build up a little publishing company. Awesome.
2: Was the um, contest that you had this spring like part of that uh, effort at all or like you had networked with uh, other authors to bring in a clue hunt or something like that?
0: No, that, yeah, that was just uh, that's just me being an author, getting to go a bunch of my friends to do kind of a fun scavenger hunt to promote our own books and to show readers other great books that are out there. Um, but I did do mm-hmm. a contest to find some writers um, who submitted a thousand word story and then I had people vote on it. And um, actually, that project is also going. It's called The Netherwind Saga. And uh, it's a different saga with about uh, five other authors that we're writing. That'll be a really cool series. It'll be like um, five books. Then they'll go to three books. Then it will go to two books and one book. And what I mean is like each book is parallel. In the first, the first five books are all parallel to each other. And the next three books are all parallel together. And so you kind of read the story from different characters. And they all come together in the end. So it's a very intense project, and a lot of work is going into that, um, but that one's going. And then, of course, I'm hoping that this trilogy, uh, Sages of the Darkness, launches.
2: Well, that's neat. Um, did you plan uh, Sages of Darkness as a trilogy, or was it just supposed to be one book at first? Or...
0: No, it's always, been, yeah, it's always been a trilogy. I wrote, actually, the entire book of Blizzard Sage, and that's the second book, and turned it in, and uh, that's when the publishers stopped doing fiction. So I had turned the book in. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so they were, they were kind. They gave me back the books and the covers. They didn't hold on to the first book, which a lot of publishers would do, and they gave it all back. Yeah. So now when I launch, all I need – what I'm really trying to do is raise enough money uh, to have the book e- books edited. So I'm rewriting book one from first-person perspective – or I'm sorry, first-person present tense perspective. Yeah. Adding some chapters and some gaps that were, that were there that needed to be filled in. And then I'll have that edited, and then I'll have book two edited and rewritten slightly to fit better with the new book one, and then I'll start working on book three, because it's not been written yet. But uh, yeah, I'm already at $3,085 raised, um, so that's really exciting. Uh, there's nine days to go. Yeah,
1: um, and one thing we've noticed uh, we were looking around, and for those Odyssey fans out there, it should be noted that Zach Callison is a backer.
0: He is, yep. He, uh, he backed me at $50, and gave above and beyond he got put the five dollar reward so he could put his name in the back of the book um which anybody can do for five dollars uh your name goes in the back acknowledgements um but he gave a little bit more just because he's just a great guy and really appreciate him supporting the project
2: so what are some of the uh, rewards that you get for supporting the project
0: oh there's a there's quite a variety um so you can go anywhere from like, like i guess basic five dollars puts your name in the back of the book in fact uh that's where most people like to land is kind of, I just want my name in the book. And that way, when you read it later, there it is. You know, whatever you want to say, or, um, you know, like uh, Dan Klein, he uh, he's the Odyssey fan. And so he, I forget what his reward level was, but I think he got all the books, um, I think $90 reward or something like that. But his big thing was getting Odyssey fan in the back of the book uh, because it helps with marketing and search, uh, you know, search engine, uh, engine optimization and all that good stuff. And so it can be a marketing tool as well to get your name in the back of the book. Uh, yeah. But... My favorite reward is um, I've got hardbacks of the book. So like for $150, you get hardback editions. There's never been a hardback edition of the books. Um, and then you get like a digital artwork bundle. Um, for $250, I'll make you a character in the book. So your name, it could be Bren, would be a minor character in the book series. So you know Taylor's out fighting. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, Bren, quick, help me do this. And Bren helps. So <laughs> something like that. Um, there's a there's a bigger reward. Um, I, could, I could give you the... Um, uh, the uh sorry dedication to blizzard sage for example so like seven hundred and fifty dollars you can choose to have either Blizzard Sage or Crimson Sage dedicated mm. to you. So you know I just mm. try to come up with a bunch of creative ones. There's an ebook package for $35. So you get all three books, you get your name in the back of the book, um you get the digital artwork bundle. Um, there's like one for, a, for example, like if you want to be an author, I'll read your manuscript and I'll help you, um, come up with a good proposal so you can turn it into a publisher and get published. Oh, cool. Yeah. There's one for a Skype, inter- Skype visits with, um, fans or with family or, uh, with a school. So I've got a variety of things on there or something for everybody, hopefully.
2: Yeah. No, I've actually followed a lot of Kickstarter projects and yours seems to be very large, like in the rewards.
0: I I have chose a lot more than you're supposed to. And I, you know, I had a lot of yeah. look over it. And, a lot of the recommendations were no, you know, you should you should cut down as many you have. But honestly, I wanted something for everybody, and I wanted yeah. to build on it. And so I just ended up going with that. Figuring, you no, know, if they can't figure it out, oh well.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Well, uh, having more than the basics is great. But I, I also did back it too. Um, I can't remember what I selected though. But I wanted the hardcover books oh, for can sure. Because oh, I,
0: view the backer report. I'll find the oh. backer report. Dun dun dun! You back? Well, do you want me to say what you backed?
2: Sure, it's fine.
0: <laughs> Are you sure? Because you did a great backing. You're way up there. Let's see. You were at. Let's see. You got the reward. Oh man, I clicked on. You guys, I'm, I'm not that great at computers. Okay, really. Let's nope. Be okay. Honest. I clicked the wrong button, and now I'm off. Who knows where? Let's see. I'm finding it. One second. I'm almost there.
2: Yeah, I remember that shipping played a role in my decision because uh, shipping was. Uh, I'm outside of the U.S., unfortunately. That oh. uh, adds to the cost, right?
0: Yes, you're right. But we can talk about that. Let's see. You you were at the veteran Demon Hunter. You got collector's edition, limited quantity of the dust jacket covers.
2: Yeah, I prefer dust jacket covers because I like the hardbacks instead of the soft
0: covers. Me too, me too. Yeah. That's just the problem was I'd love to have the... I, I wish I could have brought it down lower, but I had to be very careful how I figured it all out because when you go on Kickstarter, you could lose your shirt if you're not careful because you, the cost of every reward, you have to have some money go towards the actual project and the rest of the money has to go towards paying for the reward. So, like, because they don't have a huge print run of books, the hardcovers will cost $25 a piece just to have them printed. So all three of those costs, so the rest of the money has to go towards everything else like the editing and if I can't pay for the editing, I can't do the series.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and that's why it's paying more for than just the book because um, you got to make the, you're backing the project primarily, right? And the book is just the reward for backing it. It's not it's not like a on, online bookstore or something like that.
0: Exactly. That, that's the whole idea. The whole idea is to fund the actual project. And so, you know, editing has a good expense to it. And so I've got to put as much money. In fact, all the money that I raise goes only to either editing or to new the new um, revised covers. That's it. So I'm not even paying myself for this series, uh, which kind of stinks because, you know, there's a, there's a yeah. cost of time. But I really just want the I want my readers to have the conclusion to the books because I've left them hanging for so long. So I just feel yeah. bad really.
2: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: But yeah, no, it's a great project and um you know, it's just it's been fun to see people um step up and back it. We're at sixty four percent, so we're really um we're really up there. And I'm hoping that a lot yeah. of people will just do the $5 just to get their name in the back of the book um, because it helps.
2: Yeah. Every, like if a whole bunch of people gave a small amount, it adds up fast. And and I even saw that you're now a staff picker. Did that happen last week or something?
0: Or? You know what? Honestly, that happened. A, it was like three or four days into the project. That oh, really? They, yeah, it was crazy. It happened really, really quick. Um, I think just the project, I laid it out. I followed all the guidelines and you know, have a lot of graphics. And uh, yeah. Ryan Matlock, um, he actually did the video for me. Um, and so, they yeah, they picked it right away. So I was pretty excited. Yeah.
2: And Ryan, of course, helps out with this podcast, too. And he's the one who actually connected
0: us. So. Oh, that Ryan Matlock. <laughs> yeah. He's great. He, like, he, like, he likes giving out uh,
1: your information.
0: <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. That's
1: how I got your number. that
0: You know what? And the problem is he knows my blood type, my social security number. So I've been wondering what oh. the extra charges have been. I, it said I tried to purchase another mm. house in Indiana, and I didn't get it.
1: That ain't cool. We'll have to talk to him about that. Please do, <laughs> Brad.
0: Please do. But yeah, no, I'm hoping this series um, goes well. Um, I don't know if you know um, Ali Coe, if that name sounds familiar to you. I've asked her. She's an Odyssey fan of some sort. She's I don't know if she does a podcast or a blog or, or something. But she sent me a really cool piece of artwork uh, last year where the characters from The Quest for Truth and the characters from Sages of Darkness were together. And it was really awesome. In fact, I posted it on my blog. Actually, it's in the Kickstarter campaign uh, for people to see. Um, but she is, I've asked her to do new sketches for the back of the book, um, to, to add to the visual glossary in the back, the demon glossary. Oh. And I think it'd yeah. be pretty awesome when she does it, but you know, she's an Odyssey fan. And then, um, uh, uh you know, my, I don't know, Michael Wilmot, he's from Australia and, uh, he's actually uh-huh. working on some cool bonus covers, uh, for the books. So, you know, I try to, Odyssey fans are really creative and they have a lot of great ideas and they're so skilled at so many different things from websites to podcasting, to artwork, and much, much acting, and much, much more, but uh, it's been fun to kind of get other people involved in the project so that when it's funded, uh, we can do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah,
2: no, I was noticing that myself, and it's really interesting that you've gotten that. I, I like how you're including everyone it, uh, in the project. And it's not just a one-way kind of thing, right? Right. Uh, I really like that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so um, talking about Odyssey, some people may not know that you're no longer with Focus on the Family as the Odyssey Club producer. Um, What are you doing now?
0: I am working for Compassion International. Um, And if you don't know who they are, um, they are a child sponsorship program. Um, They sponsor over 1.5 million kids around the world uh, to release kids from poverty. And um, we actually featured them in the Odyssey Adventure Club um, this summer. Uh, We did their story. And it's kind of cool. I'm the retail partnerships manager. I know, that's a really exciting title (laughs) uh, compared to Odyssey Adventure Club producer. But, um, but you know, uh, actually when I was working on the project to do the story of compassion in Odyssey, God just started really working in my heart. Um, I would have told you, I would still tell you that working for Odyssey, those four and a half years, um, doing the product marketing, the covers, um, all that fun stuff, this podcast, social shout out, that was, that was a dream. I mean, I, I, my, I went to school for marketing. And so getting to do it on a project in a, in a product that I loved and I grew up on was awesome. And then when I became, was able to become a producer for a brand new area of Odyssey, that was just like, I've hit my dream job. There's nothing I ever want to do the rest of my life. I love this job and that's what I want to do. But we find often that if we trust God, he has other plans for us. And uh, little did I know that last summer, he was going to start working in my heart and um, just starting changing my perspective on things. And uh, over the course of summer and into the fall, um, working on that show, working on some other shows like um, the one with uh, Christian Veterinary Missions with Dr. Val um, and and so forth, the research we were doing, I just really started to look at the world in a different way and people that had a lot less than we did. And uh, I was approached about the possibility of a job at Compassion and I told my hiring manager, nope, the, uh, my current boss. Sorry, I told my my current um, my current manager at, at Compassion. No, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in fact, my my boss at Focus, my former boss, Chris Perez, he'd be great at this. He he knows all this stuff. Um, and I left it at that. And then this last February, I heard back from Compassion, and the job was open. And so, you know, I applied because why wouldn't I? Um, and yeah. it was about three weeks later, and I was uh, offered the job. So. It went really quick. It was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. If you ask Dave Arnold, he and I had a lot of coffee and a lot of lunches, and there were tears. And even the Sunday before I started my job, I questioned whether I was supposed to, I should take the job or not. The Sunday before I started Compassion, I questioned, should I do this? Because I love Odyssey. I love Adventures Nazi and I always love it. Um, but it was a step of faith that God was wanting me to do this and to follow Him. And so
2: here I am. Wow. And did you have to move for that or did you get to stay in Colorado?
0: What is so cool about this job is that I got to stay right here in Colorado, but I work at home. So we could live anywhere in the country we wanted to. Oh, fun. But I get to work at home. And that was honestly one of the biggest uh, bonuses for me was to know that I get to work at home with my kiddos. Um, part of the reason why I write books is because I hope to build up enough books over time and to, to get good enough that I can just do that, that I can just write books and I can, and I can work from home. And this new job offered me the opportunity to work from home sooner. So I get to work at home. My kids are upstairs. I go up and get water. You know, I go up and have coffee. We'll go have lunch. And it's just a blast because I get to go up and hang out with them all the time and then come down and do work. So it's fun. That's amazing. And honestly, you know, it's not work. I don't know if you guys know much about Compassion International, but um, when you start to learn about what they do and how they do it, um, it really – it's, it's hard not to want to support them. Um, we sponsor a child in El Salvador. His name's Justin and he's four years old. And, you know, I just think about what these families and these kids have in other countries compared to what we have, and it's nothing. And uh, when you start to have that perspective on things, uh, the little bit that we can do, it, it's $30 a month to, to sponsor child in Compassion. But that little bit, skip, my family, for example, skipping pizza out one night a month, basically, is what it comes down to, right? We're going out to eat yeah. one month, one night a month. That's what we're skipping, to give this kid education, food, clothing, his family hope, and and mostly, and also give him hope, and then give him the the great, wonderful message of what Jesus Christ did from on the cross, because that is what compassion is about. That's what makes us, that's what makes compassion stand out a little different, is that it is, I mean, the tagline is, uh, releasing children from poverty in the name of Jesus. That's it. It's that simple. So, anyways, sorry. I get excited about, can you tell, I... I'm rambling because yeah, no. I'm excited about it.
2: Yeah, that's fine. No, I, I only found out about Compassion International from the club as well. So I actually did a little bit of research into it too. And it's really amazing what they've done. Um, uh, they've got a great website that explains all that they're doing. And it shows th- some of the stories. And it's just amazing what uh, what Compassion is doing over there and what God's doing over there. And it's great that you could be a part of it too.
0: Yeah, that does the thing. is, And that's what, that's what Odyssey Adventure Club is all about. When Jim Moon um, came up with the Odyssey Adventure Club, when, and when he sat down with my, myself and Dave and, and they, they hired me to do the job, the biggest thing he wanted to know was we want to tell others about all these other great ministries out there that people aren't aware of. Honestly, he has a huge following and a great fan base. We want to open their perspective and tell them about all these other amazing things. Um, so from Christian Veterinary Missions to Operation Christmas Child to Compassion International to one story that I'm really excited about you guys hearing, Carry the Cure. That's the one we went to Alaska for. I can't wait till I talk oh. to Dave. Last week, and or two weeks ago, I talked to Dave, and he's like, I'm, I'm supposed to be finishing this up right now because we're going to be recording it soon, and that one I'm so excited about. But it's it's those kind of stories that um, I'm just – I can't wait for everybody else to he- read and see, you know? Yeah. I'm good.
2: do you want to jump – sorry? Oh, you know, I was just asking Brian if he was still there
0: because
1: so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he's been fairly really
2: quiet. <laughs>
1: oh, see, that's the, thing. that's the thing you got to understand about Matthew. He loves the hard spotlight. No, <laughs> I, I
2: just talk a lot.
0: Me too. I talk a lot too. It's hard to get a word in with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, this is, this is going to work out well when I talk to Paul. Even. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little interesting, uh, tid that we, I talked to Paul, uh, back in 2011, I, the summer after 53 owed. And up to that point, the only ones I had really talked to on the phone was Nathan Hubler. Mm-hmm. And I had developed that friendship for quite, for quite a while, a couple of years at least. And so when I talked to Paul, I was absolutely starstruck. (laughs) It's like, wow, I am talking to the Paul McCuskey. Mm -hmm. And my co-host at the time, he kind of took charge and started asking the questions while I got over it.
2: Yeah, but this case, it's just, I have a big mouth.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know it's it's uh it's good though because it's on something like a podcast you can't have any dead space because if we sit here and there's crickets yeah uh, you know yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. dead air is not yeah. a good thing yeah but yeah no, <laughs> Paul you know that's cool too honestly um it's funny you said that Brad but it's it's absolutely accurate when I started with Focus um in 2008 in 2009 is when I started working for Odyssey and I remember sitting down with Paul McCusker and Dave Arnold Nathan Hubler for the first time. And just sitting in there talking about Volume Fifty One, it was my first album to work on, and thinking, "Oh my, oh my, I'm sitting by these guys. What? I'm sitting by these guys, and they're listening to me, and I'm giving ideas, (laughs) and and we're talking, and it was crazy. And so, you know, yes, I got over it pretty quickly, but um, it was it was pretty. I was very starstruck at first, um, just being there as part of that. And they're such awesome guys. I think the only reason I got over it quickly, Bren, was because um, they're just so down to earth and so friendly and so kind and accepting they just bring you in you can't remain yeah. starstruck very long because that's not who they are they're so humble they don't want to be that way and so it's, it's hard to leave it that way you know you have some people you meet right who yeah. they're totally like they let themselves have that persona of that perspective of oh i'm this you know i'm this and you're that and and you they don't let you get over that because they don't humble themselves you don't get over the starstruck part because they keep themselves in that position and uh, that's not how anybody I ever dealt with. Uh, the actors, the Odyssey actors, they the same, same thing. Right. You you talk, You think you're best friends with them forever. I mean, <laughs> when you walk in with them, they just welcome you right in, you know?
1: Yeah, and that, and that even comes across when you talk to them on Facebook, too.
0: Yep, absolutely. And they take the time to talk to you. That's what's cool.
1: Yeah. So, uh, since Matthew's wanting me to talk, um, I tried to... Uh Solicit a couple questions. Didn't get very many, but I've got a friend of mine who he's in college right now, and he struggles with if it comes to like writing like a short story or something like that. He struggles with coming up with titles for stories, and and I, and I would assume that would probably be a situation that even the Odyssey writers come up with when it comes come, deal with when it comes to doing the episodes too. Do you have any um, suggestions on how to come up with great titles?
0: You know, actually, I, I tried a lot of things because that was one of my primary jobs at, when I was in the product marketing part uh, was title and cover. That's like the big things you have to do. Now, the Odyssey guys, I've never asked them. A lot of times when we get the the scripts for the stories, they've already got a working title. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that working title will stick. And on it, I don't know how or where they come up with those titles or if it's just what fits. But when we would do cover titles, I would try everything to create inspiration. And so uh, Imagination Station books, for example, were were one of those uh, things, too, trying to title those. So like one day, (laughs) trying to be uh, themed and and have theme and come in and kind of excite them. See, 53 and 54 were actually swapped. Originally, that was going to be 53 after 54. So the Green Room Conspiracy was originally going to come after 54, uh, Claiming Symbols. uh, So they got swapped. So the, when I came in to do 54, well, what is now 54, I came in, I cut out all these big pink and purple and and, bl- and red hearts uh, because it was supposed to be all love. And so it um, was part, part of it. And I had to try to theme the, thing, the room with love. And I had pink and, and I had hearts and I had them painted, taped up everywhere in the, the <laughs> war room that we were in. And I was just trying to come up with ideas. And then, then of course, somehow we got to Kling Symbols. Um, but. You know, yeah. there were many, many other titles before that title um, when when we got there. And Green Ring Conspiracy, I cut out a bunch of big dollar bills, and, you know, we had a contest for that, actually. But yeah, <laughs> I put green and I put money everywhere because we knew it was going to be about counterfeiting. So we knew it would be um, that there. But I think uh, Paul had actually already had the Green Ring Conspiracy working title for
1: mm-hmm. the episode,
0: and so we just carried it right over to um, the product. You know, Paul is – he's just a smart guy. He's very creative. He He has – he just has a way. He knows how to bring things together, especially with titling. Seriously, when we'd have a meeting, if Paul wasn't going to be in the title and cover meeting, we didn't have it. I would cancel it. Oh, yeah. He's just, <laughs> he brings so much to the discussion that it would be hard to have it without him. And so uh, we'd you know we often have it, but he's just an idea guy. Honestly, I don't know how they do it. Um, for my own books, it's the same thing, coming up with titles. For Hall Sage, now this one was cool. I'm driving down Powers here in Colorado Springs, going to work, and uh, I just, the word i just heard the word house so it's a very unique that's what i heard and so i didn't even have a story really? at that point i didn't even know what the book was going to be about at that point i just heard the word house and so i thought well what are you what's god saying he's saying something to me what is he saying what does this mean i've got to do something with it and so i thought about it as i drove finished my drive at lunch that day i shot an email off to this publisher here's the idea it's a spiritual warfare book it's a kid hunting demons that's what it is because howl wow. I thought the howl is the sound effect from a werewolf or from a wolf right they howl at the moon yeah And i thought sage what is a sage a sage is like a magician so it's a demon so magician of the moon was like the working subtitle that's what a howl sage is magician of the moon using the, the moon because they're demons right we believe in magic yeah. and scary stuff when it comes to demons that's bad it's evil so a magician of the moon was who he was so yeah and so i shot the story off the publisher and they got back me their way and said yep let's do a trilogy so it was really cool how wow. that title came to be, you know, and how they stuck to it. And yeah. then it stayed with the theme of Sage. Um, in fact, it was Blizzard Sage and Blood Sage. But I couldn't, I just, in the end, Blood Sage just didn't, I didn't like it. It just sounded so, you know, too gritty or something like that. Yeah. And so yeah. Crimson Sage, I thought, had a better flow to it. Um, and then the series, The Quest for Truth. So my working title for The Quest for Truth, the first two books were actually one book. And it was called Evad, E V A D. And the secret to that is that's my dad's name backwards, Dave. And so oh. <laughs> Yeah. So that was a planet they were gonna go to in the story. And so I just named the book that because it was the first the first part of the book. Anyways, I had an idea being a marketing person. Um, when you're in marketing and you're in product marketing, you learn that you get spine out on shelves. So your product, whether it be audio or books, is gonna primarily be spine out on a on a bookstore shelf. It's not gonna be cover out. Yeah. So I thought, well how do I make my series stand out? And I thought, well it's the quest for truth. So let's have the spine say truth. T-R-U-T-H. And so we had to then title the books with each one starting with that letter. So you've got taken, risk, unleash, tangle, and hope. And the, the top five letters line up and say truth. So when somebody walks by on a shelf, they'll see the word truth. So that's that's the the kind of the madness behind that one. Wow.
2: <laughs> that's really thinking about it then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well and that's the thing is you gotta remember titles for titles are very important a lot of times to books, unless yeah. you're like an author with a big, big name. Or if you're adventures ventures Odyssey. So for example, adventures in Odyssey, honestly, titles are important, but they're not the, the, the most important thing because adventures honesty already has Brand awareness. People are already like, "Oh, Adventures in Nazi, I'm getting the next one. I don't care what it's called. But a brand new author like me, a book, you need to do whatever you can to stand out and to intrigue somebody's imagination to want to pick yeah. up the book and look at it. So if I was Frank Pretty, I wouldn't care what title was. I'd just go with Pretty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So, are you going to be doing any more books for the Imagination Station series, or is that basically done now? Or
0: yeah, that I, you know, I I've been trying to bug Marianne hearing about it. Uh, to get me to do another one here and there. But she's been working with Nancy Sanders for a while. And I, I believe mm-hmm. um, after 18, she's going to start working back with Paul McCusker for a while again on the next few. But honestly, the series has done so well. It's at, I think it's over a quarter million copies sold in the entire series. It's more than that by now for sure. Oh, wow. And they're selling so many per year that she could almost just do that. Just write those books. Yeah. So it becomes less of an issue. Um, I wish I could. I loved it. The the book the showdown with Shepherd was over thirty thousand copies last time I checked, and so it's good yeah. for me to have my name out there. Um, I actually wrote the outline for book ten. Um, was the last last book I worked on. I did the the story outline for that series for State. Oh, okay. So, no, I don't think there's anything left unless I come up with a really really great idea and she likes it. <laughs> I wish though. Yeah.
1: Guys, is there anything else, Bren? Well, oh, I think that pretty well covers most of everything.
0: It's, uh,
1: what I can think of is, are you still keeping up with the Odyssey Adventure Club?
0: You know what? I I haven't. It. Um, it's horrible. I know.
1: <laughs> you, you should be ashamed of yourself.
0: <laughs> I'm the producer, and the and the, I was the producer and the guy launching the thing, and I I should have kept up with it. But you know, part of it too, it's hard because I think when I do look at it. It makes me think it makes me just question a little bit like, oh, I wish I was still doing that. So I think part yeah. of it is just needing time and separation to fully be into what I'm doing now so that I don't have any of that, you know, those moments. Honestly, yeah. I've only had one moment since I left um, focus that I looked back. Um, and honestly, it was probably about a minute long. And I heard my girls giggling upstairs and realized, yep, yeah, this is exactly why I did this. <laughs> so um <laughs> It doesn't take much for me, but, you know, that's probably the biggest reason. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I've heard all the stories this year already um, because they were all done. So I'll probably yeah. next year, I'll be wanting to listen to the new 12. And so at that point, I'll probably re engage uh, with the Odyssey Adventure Club.
2: Mm-hmm. Have you heard Album 58 at all? The, what's it called? The Ties That Bind?
0: You know what? I just started listening to a couple episodes here and there, um, but I haven't. Um, I really haven't. I need to sit down and listen to it. Part of it is that I'm on the phone for my my new job yeah, a lot. Yeah. So I don't have as much downtime to um, to listen. And then when I uh, when I write, I can't listen to something with words. I have to listen to like yeah. soundtrack music. Uh, yeah. So yeah, time is really the big issue for me. I probably just need to sit down and just do it.
2: Yeah. The problem with 58, though, is that it's a continuing story and you'll want to keep listening to the next episode. And you're like, oh, oh, just one more. Oh, just one more. Right. And the, they added two more episodes. So it's 14 episodes instead of just 12 episodes. So It's all that much longer. Yeah, yeah. I have the same problem. I can't work while I'm listening to Odyssey, which is unfortunate because that's the best time to listen to something when I'm working, right? (laughs) So, and we don't have a long drive around here either. So it's like five minutes to the store, and it's like that's not enough time for Odyssey or anything. Exactly,
0: it gets you going just long enough that you're like, oh no, I got to stay in the car for a while. But
2: yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, it was interesting
0: with ties that bind in those discussions because originally they weren't sure if it was going to be 15 or a full 24 episodes where it was going to go, and so trying to figure out whether it was going to be two two albums split in half, so like, like 9 and 9, or 7 and 7, or something like that, or whether well, it would be yeah. 12 and then none, or if it would be an extended album, and so I'm glad they ended up doing the 14, because that would have been really hard to wait another six to nine months before the next release, you know, or actually yeah. a year, a year when it comes to the album, so that would have been too yeah. long to wait.
1: Well, what's weird about stuff like that is, this is my opinion on it, What I find kind of frustrating sometimes is the fact that it's like the club is a totally different universe from what you're hearing on, say, the radio and, like, M58. Yeah. So, like, there's some plot things that have technically happened in 58 that make the goings-on in the club sound different.
0: No, you're right. It's
1: really weird. That
0: was a big discussion. We went round and round on that discussion because... That's hard. I mean, you want you want the. St- I, I'm a I'm a fan first, so I want the world to be the same world, right? I don't want to separate it. I can't. My character, my character does this here; it does it here too. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. So we went round and round in circles on that discussion. On well, how do you and David? I can't remember how he explained it to me, and I, maybe I'm not supposed to, but um, he explained it really well. How he was picturing. The Odyssey Venture Club stories in comparison to the stories that went um, out into the radio and you know on C D and so forth. And and it made sense. But yeah, I'm like one that like if the timeline of the stories are going, they have to line up. This happened here, it has to affect this here, you know? But yeah. that's not necessarily how they see it um, working out. And and basically, you know, Odyssey is this big revolving world, right? Jimmy Barkley technically is still in Odyssey right now, right? He hasn't aged out because otherwise Mr. Whitaker would be like, what, 120? So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like this, this camera, we just turn it here and this is happening this day. And the, you know, there are some chronological things that happen, but for the most part, the camera's just turning from spot to spot within the town of Odyssey and we're seeing different families yeah. um, as they live their life. So yeah, it, it, it's, Brent, that's a good point. It's, it's difficult to sometimes wrap your head around the world of Odyssey and, and how it fits.
2: I don't know if you heard this, but there was a fan who actually went through it and they figured out the uh, an equation, some mathematical thing. Uh, for everybody's age, so like, how many Connie years equal this many Wit years, and this many Eugene years, and how many? It, it's it's crazy.
0: Really, That's cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I can't find it anymore though. That's the problem.
0: Hmm. Well, it's been censored. We gotta be careful about that kind of stuff. The, the secret—that's yeah. the secret sauce to how Odyssey works. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we like
0: to investigate. So. It's good. Find it out. It might be your next podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> we were actually going to try and get the. Um, uh, what was it the uh i can't remember
1: well i thought we were, didn't you say something about we want going to try to uh, find out what they're doing for 59 already 59 that's what wasn't it
2: well we have no idea what they're doing for 59 do you have anything about 59 brock
0: if i did i couldn't tell you <laughs> uh,
2: yeah I might as well ask though
0: <laughs> they wouldn't trust me anymore
2: <laughs> no
1: <laughs> yeah he hasn't even heard the rest of 58 so that's
0: true story true story uh, though they work mm. so far in advance, though. I mean, they work a long way in advance. So that's a good thing that there'll be plenty more Odyssey to come.
2: Yeah, no, I'm happy about that. Anything else? Bro? I mean, brand-
0: I appreciate you guys getting me on here. and Let me talk about some of the stuff that I'm working on. And, you know, um, only that if if there's people who like the Quest for Truth, I know that's one series that Odyssey fans have connected with because the series is also with Focus on the Family. And Book yeah. 4 was supposed to be out this last summer. And so just an apology to those listening it will come out in the spring. I'm still finishing up the edits right now, primarily because each book has gotten slightly bigger and each book has gotten more complicated. And so the hardest thing is that now I'm taking the storyline of three books, what's all happened, and trying to dry, draw it to an end because I've only got one book left after this one, um, book five, to kind of sum it all up. And so for those who read The Quest for Truth, um, book four will be coming. If you haven't read it, you got three books to read and you'll probably finish them just in time for book four to come out. But um, I am working on that.
1: And where can they, where can they find all of your uh, information?
0: Uh, you can go to brockeastman.com to, to connect to all of my Facebook or my Twitter or my Pinterest or to buy signed copies of the books. Um, and so, for example, like you know, I'm a very open book. Um, I'll tell people things. So, like, if you buy from my author website, then I uh, more of the revenue goes back to me because they're my author copies whereas if you buy a book from a bookstore it's like i get 80 cents. So <laughs> Oh yeah. Being an author is not as lucrative as people think they are. It is, but um no. but uh yeah, I sign I'll sign books and ship them right, especially for Christmas. It's uh, usually a great thing parents like to get on there and buy the series um, and then I'll sign them and send them uh, to their kiddos and so forth. But yeah, brockeastman.com and that's b r o c k e a s t m a n.com. Cuz uh awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. So you can follow my e-newsletter there and, and Facebook and, and also support the Kickstarter campaign and get your name in the back of the book.
1: Yeah. No, that'd be great. That's an important thing to do because you got time running out on that. Yeah, what did you say? you got nine days left?
0: Nine days left and we're 64% funded. But the thing about Kickstarter is it's all or none. So everybody yeah. that's given so far, they haven't like gotten billed for it. Like Nobody's gotten billed. Because if the project doesn't get fully funded, nobody, nobody, no money transfers to the account to actually do the project. So it's all or none. But-
2: yeah. Well, uh, Phil Lawler, he did a project last year for his Iliad House series. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, the first time he did, um, he missed it by, I can't remember how much, but it was very close. And he had to redo the the, uh, the campaign again with a, a smaller amount of money. Would it, um, I hope yours goes through, but do you have a plan if it doesn't go through or?
0: Yeah, I think I'll I might try to relaunch with just the first two books uh, because where I've gotten is enough to handle that. Um, so I'm you know yeah I'd probably try to relaunch it at some point and go or maybe even not even do that. Go back to the people who um, funded it and just say hey I'm gonna open up a separate campaign to do it this way and, and make mm-hmm. the rewards even better. So people who have already given it, I might go back to them and say I'm not gonna go through Kickstarter because honestly Kickstarter it's an awesome platform but five percent goes right to Kickstarter. And then five yeah. to six percent goes right to credit card processing fees, and then you yeah. got taxes on top of that. So by the time you pay out the rewards, by the time you pay out Kickstarter taxes and um, credit card fees, <laughs> you've already gotten rid of about seventy percent of the income.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. probably a
0: little exaggeration, but you know, no, yeah, it goes right there. So I might try to do another route where I can actually do it for less without having to. Figure, I mean, you guys should see the spreadsheet I put together to calculate what I had to raise in order to the bare minimums to get this thing edited, so. Wow. It's pretty crazy. I can't imagine. Yeah. (laughs) It
2: sounds like it's a lot of, uh, a lot of thinking has to go into it. It did. That's probably
0: why I had this Kickstarter built back in 2012, but I never, I I took two more years to launch it because I just kept going back and forth on it, back and forth on it. And honestly, Ryan saved me because uh, the video was the biggest holdup. I hadn't done the video yet and you need a video to launch. So.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. It's requirement, isn't it? Yeah, that was the
0: biggest thing, but yeah, no, I you know I hope you'll get behind it. Um, I think the 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 easiest reward is the thirty five dollar one because you get your name in the book and you get ebooks of all three books. Um, and the nice thing about thirty five dollars with an ebook is the money almost purely goes right to the editing. There's like no cost hardly at all to it. So yeah, that that's... there's one
2: cost to create the ebook, and then everyone just share it between yep, them. Yeah, right? I it's... just I
0: just send it out to everybody as a Moby. so it's cool. But yeah, Matthew, thank you for uh, uh, supporting us at the high level and getting those dust jackets.
2: Yeah, no problem. I really wanted to see that. I mean, I really like your writing so far. I haven't read all your books yet, but... What? 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 It, it's hard to get them shipped out here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I haven't even read all my books, just so you know. So. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I, you know, it's hard because when you write the books, you go through it so many times writing and editing it yeah. and revising it that when you see it published and it's in your hand, it seems really exciting, but it's like, Okay, wait, what I, What am I supposed to be doing? Oh, I can't read this right now. I've got to write three more books.
2: <laughs> yeah. Plus, you think you already know it, right? And so it's like...
0: Yeah. You read it. Like, I've read that? this. I've read this a million times. So I, I have yeah. technically read all my books. But, you know, another short story, Wasted Wood, that's a short little story um, that's a great book for kids who may not be Christians yet to give them because it's a leading, it's like a seeker type book. It's not a Christian book from the forefront until the very, very end. Um, so anyway, I just throw it out there to people because people are always asking me about what books I have for their friends who aren't Christians yet.
2: Cool. Yeah, I I saw Wasted Wood there too, and I was wanting to get that too. Um, I think that's all part of the rewards too. If you get over a certain part, you get that as an ebook or something.
0: Yeah, but. if we hit that goal, but we're a long way from it. We'd have to just pour in all of a sudden in the last day, which it could, which it could. But, yeah, uh, yeah. No. Then I'm gonna get. They you-
2: say that the two busiest times for Kickstarter campaigns are the beginning and the end because there's a lot of people that are hovering around just waiting it waiting for the end of it and i I think
0: if we get if we just hit that fully funded right before the end um we'll see a lot where people pour in because i when i go on kickstarter i funded several projects i think seven when i go on there i look for projects that are fully funded already because if they're fully funded i know i'm gonna get what i what i pay for so yeah i know for sure so i'll go and make oh i like this reward i join it because i so yeah i think you're absolutely right matt you'll see this kind of like acceleration of people um, toward the end of it. In the beginning, I had all these people who were waiting, anticipating it, and who knew they were going to back it from the beginning. And so they jumped on yeah. board right away. Um, and then it slowed down a lot in the middle. So
2: Yeah. Well, best of luck to you on that. I really hope it gets funded because I want to be able to read uh, Howl's Sage Blizzard Stage, and Crimson Stage 2, and everything else that you're doing. It's been great talking to you, Brock.
0: Yes, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I
1: appreciate you actually <laughs> answering the
2: phone.
0: Yeah, no, hey! You guys just called me. I'm sure I'm supposed to be doing something right now.
2: Yeah, I don't know what you're thinking. making lunch or Probably. something. Or? <laughs> you guys
0: are really easy to talk to. I didn't even realize we were on it. Yeah. interview.
2: Oh well, I think you did most of the talking, and then <laughs> me second. Then if you
0: ask anybody I worked work, have worked with, they'll tell you that's exactly how it goes. Yeah. That's yes,
1: why well, I appreciate well, you uh, doing this with us. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Hey, and you guys email and write letters to Dave Arnold, telling him you want the social shout out back. Well, oh, right.
2: You.
1: That's right. Because
2: you're not there anymore, so.
0: I think we need a campaign so that they'll bring evan and i back on the social shout out
2: hashtag social shout out we'll get right on that
0: perfect
1: hashtag, hashtag save social
0: shout out perfect love it
2: yeah. all right well we'll much. talk to you later brock and thank you very much yeah
0: yeah have a great day guys i look forward to hearing from you again call me whenever i mean that was fun
2: awesome <laughs> it's so cool to be talking to talking the, to someone from odyssey the anyway Brock one yep
1: so yeah thanks for joining us and uh we'll probably talk to you again sometime
0: all right,
2: bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Well, that was a lot of fun.
2: Indeed. I can't believe he answered the phone and then stayed to talk to us. It was crazy.
1: Especially considering the fact that we associate with Ryan Matlock, of all things.
2: Yeah, I can't believe Brock trusts him with that kind of information. That's funny.
1: Yeah, I wonder what other kind of information Brock gives out. Surely he wouldn't give out Jim Daly's information.
2: No, probably not. Now I'm wondering. <laughs>
1: well, then again, I have to find a lot of information online. I could probably find Nathan Hubers, probably.
2: Probably. We should get him next time. No, we've got plans for next time. But anyway, um, if anybody wa- wants to learn more about what Brock Eastman is doing or contribute to his Kickstarter project, you can find the links on his website or our website. His website is com, B R O C K E A S T M A N dot com. And our website is the W E tcom T H E W E P O D C A S T dot com. And If you can give to his Kickstarter project, that would be awesome. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. He's about uh, a week left.
1: And uh, you mentioned plans for next time. Uh, This interview was kind of spontaneous, but we do have one that's coming up here in the next month or so that we're going to be doing with the one, the only, Paul McCusker.
2: Wow. I can't wait for that.
1: That will be the second time that I've interviewed Paul. I've interviewed him back in uh, 2011 regarding Album 53. And if you want to listen to that, you can listen to that on our website. So yeah, um, we've got somewhere around 15 questions that have been submitted so far. And the deadline to submit your questions is November the 1st. So you still got plenty of time to get some questions in. That also gives you guys time to hear more of Album 58. If you haven't purchased Album 58, I do recommend you doing that if you can.
2: Or join the club if you can.
1: (laughs) So whichever option works best for you. I do recommend doing that, and then you can listen to the full album, and then uh, you could submit all your questions. Because there's lots of questions to be asked about the uh, ending of the album, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anyway.
2: Nope. It was a very good album, though, I must admit. Anyway, so you can send those questions through our website. I think our is listed on there, but there's also a form that you can fill out on the contact page.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you want to send an email directly, that's info at the... WEPodcast.com
2: Indeed. Anyway, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode.
1: Pretty much, we're going to try to do things a little more regularly.
2: Yeah, we've got a schedule uh, a schedule now for releases. It's going to be pretty much weekly. We'll see how that works out. But we've got plans, and we're and we've been sticking to it so far. Like Brent did that episode last week, and we'll be having off cycle news episodes, and then we'll have uh, the regular episodes every every other week. So
1: hopefully, life doesn't slam us.
2: Indeed, but um. I'm jobless right now. So that helps a little bit. So (laughs) anyway,
1: we'll just have to see what happens. We're we're hoping to uh, keep new content coming to you guys. So keep a out for that and uh, make sure to uh, check out Brock's projects and check out stuff as well. You can, like I said, you can listen to the previous Palmer Crest review and you can submit questions on our website.
2: All right. Well, that just what does it for this episode. I'm Matthew. That's Bryn. And uh, until next time,
1: I want you to remember that the best is yet to come.